coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss Vulnerability HTM Hell. Microsoft releases an advisory for a CVE. Next up, nothing but net. A new DDoS attack has been wreaking havoc on Yandex. And of course, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 96, recorded on September 13th, 2021. I'm your co-host, Kelsey. Time flies when you're having pun, LaBelle. With me, co-host Chad, excuse my foul hypertext markup language, Anderson. And last but not least, Tim, don't bot me, bro, Helming. Well done. And Chad, thank you for the early apology for the title I came up with for this episode. There, it just was, the low-hanging fruit was there. It had to be picked. So cover your ears if if this swear word upsets you. Oh, do it. Can we swear on this show? Have I been have I been missing out? Well, you know, I think I'd like to think there's like a hierarchy of swears and this one falls in the very bottom, but some people might mm. disagree with that. I don't know if that's completely accurate or fair to assume such a thing. Low rung swears only. Like if you do Dante's Inferno or like <laughs> real early on. <laughs> Got it. L'enfer c'est les autres. <laughs> Uh, that's Dante, right? Or is that somebody else? I don't know. The whole thing is really daunting to me. It's a lot hey! Gosh. Look how you've changed. It only took like 100 podcast episodes, but yeah. you're a different person now. You love puns. Yeah. Fully broken down. Fully All broken. that once was me is gone. <laughs> the study can finally end. This is yeah. actually what's been happening the whole time. I've been collecting information on this very discussion. Well... Here's here's the bad word. Um, we've got we've got two topics of conversation today, as we usually do. Also, thank you everybody for coming back and joining us. If you are in the states and experience Labor Day, um, if you are not currently in the states, then that means we just had a random week off for you. But we're back in full force from vacation, from our lack of labor, um, and and here we go. So the first article today is vulnerability HTM hell. Sorry, sorry for who that offended, but shame, uh, shame, shame, shame. <laughs> it's been there for so long; it just it needed it needed to happen. Um, but um, on September seventh, so this last week, Microsoft released an advisory for CVE dash twenty twenty one dash four zero four four four. I know you all have that memorized by now, um, and this affects a number of Windows systems. So, Chad, it's time to come into your inner Brene Brown and think about vulnerability just in a different way. And I don't, I'm not making fun of Brene, by the way, huge fan. I say that in the most loving way, but give us, give us a rundown on this, the CVE. Yeah. So about a week ago, Microsoft released information on an in the wild or ITL as the cool kids say, if you see it on, uh, or ITW, <laughs> ITL, get out of here. <laughs> as the cool kids say, if you're on Twitter, uh so this in the wild uh vulnerability uh that they were seeing executed as a remote code execution as you know that's something that can be executed executed from uh remotely um, from someone else's machine that affected uh ms html um it's also called trident sometimes it's a browser rendering engine using a number of microsoft applications including microsoft office um it's what used to run internet explorer uh, but within this renderer are things called uh, 
ActiveX controls. And ActiveX is now a deprecated software framework uh, used mostly by Microsoft products that allowed for basically more interaction with the system than the browser could provide, if I'm going to simplify it. So uh, anyways, ActiveX was, of course, used for a whole host of malicious reasons and was pulled from the most recent version of Microsoft's new browser, uh, Microsoft Edge, um, which was uh, it's now based on WebKit, I believe, which is um, what Chrome and things are based on. So what happened here uh, is they would craft a malicious document that leverages a specific ActiveX control that renders um, in Microsoft's older Trident slash MSHTML browser rendering engine, and an attacker can then gain full remote access because um, they can you know, do remote code execution. So now we're seeing a ton of variations crop up on Twitter. Um, public exploits are proliferating on GitHub um, and lots of new innovative ways to exploit this floating around. Two follow-up questions. One, why is it now not called InactiveX? Second question, did you purposefully say Internet Exploder instead of Explorer, or did that was that just a, a Freudian slip, if you will? I have always called it Internet Exploder as a, <laughs> as a rule um, that since the, the early days. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's not called InactiveX because apparently it's still all over the place. <laughs> Touche. Touche. We can dream of the utopia then that's InactiveX. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's Maybe if place. Microsoft could ever get around to disabling things. I think Clippy could have helped with that. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like you're trying to exploit this system. Would you like me to complete that for you? I want a Chad Clippy on my computer, I think, or just in my life. Both, I want a Tim and a Chad Clippy to help me make better decisions. Yeah. What What is your uh, pricing on that? Um, you know, it depends. It's been a long time since they've done some fun, uh, you know, assistant overlay. Well, I guess now there's, you know, Siri and whatnot. But uh, um, yeah, for like a, a cute little animated version of me, they would just sigh <laughs> at you whenever you can't figure out how to use uh, the computer right. That's probably expensive. <laughs> That'd be probably a lot of sighing. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> there's that grunt kind of again. Actually, I'd prefer that there were grunt communications. I think if we, you know, to bring back in episode 95, it would be a combination of uh, like grunt Morse code is how I'd like to be communicated to by this Chad Clippy, Chippy, if you will. Yeah. I just grunt out SOS. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that could be pretty cheap then, right? Because you yeah. could you could cut that pretty quick. I think we could make that work with my budget. Um, okay, awesome. Well, just getting back to the article because I could talk about Clippy all day. What systems then are impacted by this vulnerability, and to the degree that we know, what is the downstream impact? So Microsoft Windows seems to be exclusively uh, attacked right now, yeah, just because ActiveX is, hasn't been anywhere else forever. Um, mostly everyone recognized it was a terrible idea then. Uh, so as, as more tweaks and variations come out, I'm guessing more software will be affected, but I've only seen this working with Microsoft Office documents that are malicious right now. At least those are the samples that I've seen. Um, and however, given where Trident or you know MSHTML, whatever you want to call it, is used, across Microsoft systems. I wouldn't be surprised if there were more novel ways to do this um, in different chunks of software. So um, yeah, like uh, right now, just Microsoft Windows and Microsoft Office, but uh, certainly it can be exploited elsewhere from what we're seeing. That makes sense. So people should invest in maybe some window curtains? 
Hmm. Yeah. Need curtains. Yeah. Um, a missed opportunity by the Microsoft branding team. I think that would have been a great security technology name. I'm really surprised no one's like done some defenestration joke um, with a vulnerability at this point. It's, <laughs> it's a real obvious um, to me. Anyways. <laughs> well, this is your platform, Chad. So whenever you want to integrate it, <laughs> I want to empower you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. That's what, that's what gets me excited to come to work every day. I'm like, will Chad make the joke? We've set it up so many times. Okay. Well, how how was this discovery made of this so, RCE? Some researchers at Mandiant and ExpMon um, were all credited with the discovery. So I'm not sure on the exact time frame, but I would guess since this was shortly before um it had to be shortly before the september 7th release right because this was found in the wild i don't think they would wait um to get this out uh luckily it came after the long weekend which was uh really nice but uh yeah i i think they must have released it rather rapidly um after they found it just because it was being actively exploited chad you missed the opportune moment to properly use the itw just then as you said the cool kids say so are you saying you're not a cool kid not a cool kid no <laughs> you heard it hurt you heard it first on breaking badness chad does not find himself cool well i heartily disagree with that sentiment you are a cool kid oh, so if thanks. you're not saying itw then i don't want to either uh okay well um uh, back to the window dressing um how can organizations protect themselves chad from such a thing yeah, uh, they could disable all ActiveX controls is the um, recommendation from Microsoft. So realistically, this probably should have happened years ago when Microsoft moved to Edge, um, but they don't like to actually sunset anything. Look at XLM macros and Excel documents still being a pain for defenders to deal with out there. Um, so that's one thing you could do. You could also, uh, you know, defenestrate your environment, perhaps. Um I think, yeah. <laughs> um, but that sounds like a real pain, and um, even though this is the year of Linux on the desktop, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all you can do, and and what they're recommending. Um, and right now, you know, people are actively hunting for new um, C two infrastructure that was being used by uh, these documents that were first discovered. I think we're up to like six or seven URLs now and a couple new samples on virus total. But um, yeah, there's it's all getting quickly tagged um, and on, yeah, everywhere that you can find your favorite virus samples. <laughs> uh, helpful answer, Chad. And every time I ask this question, I think to myself about the time that my car alarm was randomly going off between three and four in the morning. And I was doing a lot of research. I can't remember if I mentioned on the podcast or not, or just mentioned to you two about how to disable that not so useful functionality for the relationship I have with my neighbors. And one of the best answers, there was like the only one that said solve next to it in the forum. And it said, just submerge your Mazda in, hour, or in, in water for 48 hours. And I'm just waiting for one of you to be like, just submerge your network in water for 48 hours and there you won't have this problem back in the day when i was uh when i was very first in infosec and i worked at a firewall company and uh, on the technical technical support team when we couldn't figure out 
what was going on to block somebody's connectivity, uh, our last resort was to uh, we to say uh, check for water in the Ethernet cables. I don't think we actually literally <laughs> said that to anybody. It was just like what we'd say when we muted our phone and looked at each other. <laughs> well, did they degauss the micro spools and did they check for uh, water in the Ethernet cables? Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I love, I used to do, uh, when I was like 16, I did some uh, like small business, small to medium sized business support. We would install like Windows Small Business Server, you know, and then go and support these tiny offices. But it was always you'd get into these these calls, you know, where they'd be like, <laughs> they'd be like, oh my gosh, my computer isn't working. I can't figure it out. Like I'm pressing the button and nothing's happened. And you'd, you'd like have to talk them through like all these different steps. And eventually you'd be like, hey, could you do me a favor and look at the wall outlet and see if it's plugged in or not? And same to the back of the computer. And they'd be like, what do you think? I'm an idiot. And then they would go and look and they'd be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of... A lot of calls where they'd, they'd there'd be a long silence and then they'd say, okay, you're going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> oh. Yes, I saw so many uh, uses and abuses of TCP IP uh, back in those days. Hey, you know, these public addresses totally worked at my last work, so I'm just using them again because they're easy to remember. Mm, yeah, How come great. stuff isn't routing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Tim, I think... I'd be curious to hear your hoodie rating on this. And as a reminder for anyone that's new to our podcast, this is a scale of zero to 10. We're playing off the, the cliche of hackers and hoodies. These are happy, good hackers. Well, they might not be happy depending on the rating. Um, so 10 is very, very, very bad. Stuff is on fire, dumpster fire, all these things. And zero is pretty neutral. So what would you rate uh, the level of concern here, Tim, for this article, the story? I mean, so... Let's review the acronyms. You've got RCE, ITW, uh, FTW, SMH, <laughs> FML. Uh, LOL. LOL, yeah. And an XLS. So uh, <laughs> I am going to go with seven hoodies and a sleeve um, because – as uh, as Chad pointed out, uh, ActiveX is like sort of deprecated, but that doesn't mean it's not all over the place. Um, and it will be like for years. We know this about deprecated technologies. They stick around for a really, really long time. So um, so put me down for seven point sleeve. <laughs> Do you think when folks are talking internally at their own organizations and they're talking about you know, the amount of time it takes to deprecate a product and they're laughing about it, would that be self-deprecating humor? Well, it would be, Kelsey, except they're, the, here's the deal. They're not laughing about it. They're crying about it. <laughs> self-deprecating depression. <laughs> STD. <laughs> oh, gosh. Also, I have a, you know, just a five-star notebook and I've created my own... Um, decimal system for your your sleeve and front pocket and hoodies and hoods that's what i feel i, I haven't actually oh, done that's that. important i don't want to lie to you i want to make sure this is as consistent as possible and i clock that at, at a 7.2 tim i can live with that i can i can live with the sleeve being 0.2 of a hoodie <laughs> all right chad what do you what do you think 
You know, I'm going to go with very similar eight hoodies. Reason for that is, yeah, it's in the wild. Um, we're already seeing it used in some ransomware infection chains, like initial access um, in the documents they're sending people. So uh, that's been popping around on Twitter also because it looks like there's some more novel ways to execute this. I think it'll be like a printer nightmare kind of situation where something just keeps coming out because people are starting to um, look into this chunk of tooling uh, as a exploit uh, vector. So yeah, I think as of right now, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 just because it is in the wild, actively being used, pain in the butt, um, but can hopefully be disabled easily. Uh, by just disabling ActiveX in your environment. But um, yeah, it's certainly a problem. When in doubt, in ActiveX. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's for sure. Thank you both for those helpful descriptions, Chad, for going in depth and for your hoodie ratings. Let's transition into our next topic du jour, nothing bot met. I see what you did there. <laughs> I've been waiting to use that one for a very long time. I think we have a blog titled something like aren't, that. Aren't you glad that we have a, a botnet to talk about this week because of that? I am, selfishly. Sorry for the pain, Yandex. But for the pun, I thank you. <laughs> um, so a new distributed denial of service known as DDoS botnet that kept growing over the summer has been hammering Russian internet giant Yandex for the past month. So it's it's not great everybody's favorite reverse image search platform that's right oh yeah good reminder we've got that helpful blog what were the other ones that were featured on there certainly google reverse image search yandex 10i bing there um, you go. yep all the winners brilliant brilliant um so what do we know about this botnet tim i think it's referred to as is it miris that's what i'm going with okay yeah, so it's been a minute since we've talked about record-breaking DDoS attacks, uh, hasn't it? <laughs> and um, so this is sort of interesting. Uh, there's this interesting thing where when you do hear about DDoS attacks these days, it's only when the latest record has been broken. So, you know, with ransomware, it's not necessarily that it was a record-breaking ransomware attack. It's just so-and-so got hit. But with DDoS, it's all, it seems to be all about the records. So anyway, this botnet... Um, that word miris is Latvian for plague, as I'm sure everybody already knew, uh, is composed, as these things often are, of tens of thousands or maybe hundreds of thousands of compromised devices. They don't seem to really be sure kind of what the order of magnitude is yet. Um, now, uh, what's interesting here is what kinds of devices were recruited into this botnet. It's a little different from Mirai and some of the others that we've heard about in the past where... A lot of the bots were on these pretty low-end routers and IoT devices and whatnot. So in this case, the net is targeting uh, more sophisticated equipment specifically, uh, and you're going to see how this all ties together. Uh, it looks as if it goes after Microtik gear, and Microtik is a Latvian purveyor of networking equipment. And uh, by the way, a lot of geeks like Microtik stuff because um, it's pretty good quality and it's very configurable. Like they've got a a UI that um, is very different from your uh, typical like home router UI that only lets you play with a few things unless you CLI into it. So um, Microtip Gear is uh, is cool and it's pretty powerful and we'll uh, we'll keep talking about that I think as we learn more about this botnet. 
Tim, have you tried their competitor though, Macro Talk? I'm sure it's. Uh, uh... You know, I'm not yet. I do have some MicroTik stuff, and I'm very brand loyal. I must confess. <laughs> Let's get this. There's a really bad clock pun that I'm. I'm not even going to ask for consent. I'm just going well, to. I thought it was a. I thought it was a a pun on the um, very popular short video sharing service. But please continue oh. <laughs> with your clock pun. We definitely. Clock pun. Want to hear that? Time's a wasting. Ah, don't want to take you off. Um, well, here it is. You're all talk. <laughs> How do you know when a clock is hungry? It goes back four seconds. <gasps> oh, ah, ah, I thought it was going to be ah. the joke about seven, eight, nine. Oh, oh, that's a good one too. That is a good one. Um. I was amongst other humanity, other homo sapiens this weekend, and one of them made a very funny joke. We were at someone's 32nd birthday, and they said, this, year, this is your 30 seconds of birthday, and that yeah. got me. Well, see, that goes with my, uh, my favorite birthday tune. You remember, I've, I've sung this before. This is your birthday song. It isn't very long. Is this why you were never hired at Red Robin? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh, if I were, uh, I couldn't be hired at Red Robin because I refuse to do those those clapping birthday songs that they do. And <laughs> if I were, yes, I, my first day would be my last day because I would lead the table in that version and then I would be fired. <laughs> I almost think you should do it for the bit and then just have it filmed. That, that might be, be worth it, right? Yeah, that yeah. would be good. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of time, how and when did news break about this, you know, ever powerful botnet? Yeah, we started to see stories picked up last week, so um, a couple of them were dated September 9th, uh, just to place this in a specific context. Um, but a company called Curator Labs, uh, not to be confused with IBM Curator, this is Curator Labs, like curator. Uh, which has been working with Yandex on this. Uh, they first started catching wind of this new botnet back in June, uh, roughly. But um, as the magnitude of this uh, record-breaking attack started to be better understood, then that was when uh, a Russian-language media outfit called Avedomosti reported that uh, sometime around what was our Labor Day weekend, which you referred to just a few moments ago, that was when things really started to ramp up. Oh my, and speaking of wrapping up, how do these attacks work? Yeah, so there's actually a clue about how they work in the unit of measurement that is used when we talk about these requests per second or RPS. So what the bots new, do is they send the target a flood of requests that open a channel. Uh, they open a socket, but they don't uh, send any useful data through. So they're not sending malicious code. They're not trying to ex exploit vulnerabilities and stuff. They're just clogging up the pipes. And I've used this analogy before where it's like you're having a party at your house, Kelsey. Um, but you notice that a huge, immensely long line of door-to-door -door salesmen has formed uh, starting at your front porch and going back as far as the eye can see. And all they do is knock at the door. And when you open it, they, they just stand there like 
blinking blankly at you until you tell them to go away. And they do go away when you ask them to. But you can imagine your guests are trying to show up to your party and there's this huge long of line of, uh, of salesmen. So the guests can still get there eventually, but it really slows things down. So that's kind of how these, these uh, DDoS services work. Um, the distributed part just means there are lots of different devices that are participating in it. And uh, any meaningful DOS these days is a DDoS. Uh, you don't really hear about one that's not distributed. At least I, I haven't heard much. They, they, this is, um, if they're using common techniques, then they have to be uh, distributed in pretty huge numbers. Tim, thank you for that fantastic analogy. Um, Man, I miss being able to imagine parties with lots of people. <laughs> it's been like two years. <laughs> I know it's really, uh, it's really true. Like the idea of having a house party is actually just kind of what people. <laughs> that's a thing that people did. <laughs> people grouped together inside and breathed near each other and on food. Yeah, you could see seriously. the second part of their blue, face. Blue on birthday cakes that. <gasps> Uh, serve to other people like for mm. real it's your birthday and everybody else gets antibodies Woo! everybody dies <laughs> here's your last birthday okay anyway that got dark sorry about that everybody <laughs> all right so so tim the research that was conducted by yandex and curator labs um said that the compromise hosts and miras are not your typical IoT blinker connected to Wi-Fi. So what makes this botnet more unique than other botnets? So first of all, I guess our, I guess our turn signals these days are uh, our IoT devices. Who knew? Uh, IoT blinkers. So uh, no, that's actually a cute um, little moniker um, <laughs> for all these different random things that turn out to be computers that are trying to kill us uh, all over the place. But <laughs> Besides the fact that it's these microtech devices, as I mentioned before, so one of the other things they're noticing is that all these devices seem to be connected over Ethernet rather than Wi-Fi. Um, and so that can be suggestive of a um, bit larger, more powerful device. Uh, certainly rack mount devices often are not Wi-Fi. Um, they noticed inter Interbot communication, like for command and control over L2TP tunnels, that's layer two transport protocol. And that's an encrypted f uh, tunnel format um, that I'll, not very many of the little IoT blinkers or consumer grade devices support, but a lot of more business grade uh, devices do. Interesting. And, and I think my last question really for you, Tim, on this subject is, how bad have these attacks been for Yandex? Yeah, the reverse image search uh, business is really uh, is really hurting right now. Now they <laughs> they have been feeling some pain. Um, we got a description of this from the aforementioned Vedomosti in the following technical terms: They're having a hard time. And uh, oh. uh, but this isn't surprising. So DDoS mitigation uh, is really one of the tougher things to actually handle in the InfoSec world because you got all this traffic coming into your pipe from all sorts of different locations upstream. You can't block it fast enough right at your gateway. And uh, even if you change to a different pipe, most of these connections are coming to a URL rather than hard-coded IP addresses. So guess what comes into play? DNS. And uh, DNS does what it's supposed to do and it gives uh, this alternate 
pipe to route the packets. So uh, that routes uh, some of the, the DDoS traffic as well, and they just keep coming at you on the new pipe. So these things do uh, pass. They get quelled in time uh, by a combination of shutting down things at the source, that is the, um, the affected devices or infected devices that are sending the DDoS, as well as uh, you know some of these mitigation factors at the, um, at the target can be of some help as well from a networking point of view. But it usually takes hours, uh, if not days, um, pretty often days for the thing to really settle back down again. So I think that's what we're going to see here with this one as well. Excellent. Thank you so much, Tim, for going in there. And, and Chad, now that you've heard Tim's analysis, what is your hoodie rating for this this delightful botnet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretty little botnet. Um, happy little botnet trees. <laughs> Until they watch the numbers. documentary. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I would go, I would do the same as my, my last hoodie rating and do an 8 out of 10 um, simply because it's interesting how large this is getting. It's interesting their target choice. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's intriguing all around um, what's possible with a botnet of that size. And, you know, we saw what kind of impact Mariah and other things had. So, yeah, I would uh, maybe a 7 out of 10. Maybe I'll, I'll downgrade it a little bit. But um, 7 out of 10 hoodies for me. Excellent. Tim, what are your thoughts? Well, as is often the case, uh, you know, Chad and I are kind of in the same neighborhood. I'm going to go a little bit lower at 6 uh, out of 10. And the reasoning behind that is... Um, First of all, we don't know who all this might be aimed at next after Yandex, and it could be Google or Microsoft or Apple or who knows, you know, big uh, big firms sort of in the West. But And we do know that the botnet has a lot of power, but um, it's not necessarily destructive, right? It's just, it's a denial of service, just like it sounds. So it's not uh, stealing people's data and... Uh, auctioning it off and so forth. So anyway, put me down for six. It's a it's a big hassle, um, but I don't think it's going to necessarily uh, give the average user a bad day, unless they're trying to do reverse image search right now on Yandex. Then it's over. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you both for, again, for discussing these two articles today, but I think it's time we move into our game to Truth and a Lie. Uh, you've probably heard about this game at some point in your adult or even your childhood experience. Um, but we're, we're playing off the, the typical two truths and a lie rather than talking about ourselves. Instead, we come up with three article titles. Um, we have one person do that every week. And two of the article titles are real. One is a lie. Um, and so the other two co-hosts try to sniff out the deception of someone we used to trust and now are being hurt by on air on Breaking Badness. Um, and I believe, Tim, are you the the liar of the week? <laughs> we'll we'll bring that differently. Gosh, that makes me sound like a politician or something. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yes, that is my job this week. It's a psychological game um, where I just guilt both you and Chad in hopes that to sleep at night, you'll use a different way of articulating the truths than the lies, so I can win. 
Sounds good. All right. I'm ready. Chad, are you ready? Bring the lies. <laughs> Bring the lies. Okay, here we go. Three statements. Uh, statement number one, Solaris is still relevant as proven by RCE vulnerability discovered last week. Statement number two, someone put the lens cap on Olympus. Black Matter ransomware uh, stands atop Olympus. Statement number three, there is something called the Virginia Defense Force, and it got hacked last week. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Mm. Hmm. That's, that's tough. I feel like I know one of the three. And now I'm at a classic 50-50. The one that you know of the three is actually the lie. I, I just, I've been using uh, uh, ESP, um, an ESP <laughs> tunnel between us to implant that in your brain. Son of a... A stack pointer, of course. Is that EPS tunneling? EPS tunneled in my brain? Yeah, ESP tunneling. Yes, that's correct. Would Would you like me to read these statements again? Gosh, I wish I could Do say that would help. you need another shot? I think, I think I'm going to say, I have a guess, but Chad, do you, do you want him to reread any of his statements? Um, no, I'm just going to yellow this one because I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> his honesty. Tim, yeah. do you hear how honest Chad I just do. was? I do. He's going to yellow it. <laughs> I'm going to say the first one is a lie, and that's my final guess. And Chad. I'm going to guess Olympus. Um, the photographer doesn't want uh, the photography company to have been the victim of ransomware. Unfortunately, that one is true. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Black Matter ransomware is actually wreaking havoc with Olympus. Kelsey, good on you for uh, sussing it out because everybody knows Solaris really still isn't relevant. So... Uh, so not nobody's, relevant. nobody's bothering trying to <laughs> to uh, exploit it right now. No, I'm just kidding. All you Solaris Sun Microsystems uh, aficionados out there, I, actually, you're awesome. Don't worry, you're still relevant. Well said. And I didn't know that there was something called the Virginia Defense Force. Did you? Did either of you know that? I just assume that sounds like something stupid enough that Virginia would have. You Email know. accounts of the Virginia Military Department. What? What is? I, does every state have a military department? I guess they probably do, but I, I didn't realize that was a thing. The Department of Military. I mean, this is America, so we're we're pretty into the military, so it's not it's not surprising. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure every. But like, what is what does Hawaii's military uh, force look like? Right? They're they're probably everything's so easygoing in Hawaii. They've got cores of steel, though. I don't know. Yeah, that's Wouldn't true. Want to mess with them? They could well, dance them themselves out of a tricky situation. I think. Yeah. Entrance the enemy. I mean, make no mistake. Hawaii has a lot of U.S. military installations. Obviously, as any student of history knows. But like th these things make me think of the state. Like if Hawaii doesn't want to get invaded by Vermont, you know, so they have a military uh, department uh, to help 
protect them against Tim, being invaded by Vermont. I told you that in confidence, and here you are telling oh, the entire God. podcast. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, that was over the ESP tunnel, wasn't it? <laughs> and I forgot. It was a secret <laughs> Sorry, I told Vermont. myself. <laughs> they really your want pl- their syrup. Your plans have been exposed. My plans. Their plans. I think syrup and spam go well together. So, I mean, watch out, Hawaii. That's all I'm saying. Good news, uh, by the way. Vegan spam now available in the U.S. Um, saw it at Whole Foods the other day. So, uh, wow. Yeah. Do you put Do you put Vegemite on top of that? I don't. I is is meal? Vegemite vegan? I don't, I don't know. I have a hard actually. time. You know, it's probably not. Yeah. It's, it's probably just vegetarian. Good golly! Well, um, listeners will have the joys of listening to you, Tim, you, Chad, and mystery guest number three next week it's gonna be fun it will be and that person will be playing for me in two truths and a lie so dan if you're listening i want you to bring your a game (laughs) when you select the articles (laughs) you've made mystery guest a little bit less of a mystery guest of course uh you could be throwing chaff out there and obfuscating so that's true i'm really bad at the mystery building honestly but it was worth it for my points at two truths and a lie that is it was important. selfish of me. I put that ahead of the podcast. I'm sorry, team. I'm so sorry. Everyone understands. <laughs> well, I hope you all have fun next week. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to listen. We will have a good time. I'm, I have every confidence. It'll be a pun-free episode. No such thing, Chad, because I've poisoned you with puns. It's true. It's true. I I don't think if it's a pun-free episode, we're just going to have to re-record it. (laughs) I'll just send Tim a bunch of just puns through my voice memo. I'll just read them monotonously one (laughs) after the other in a total monotone voice, almost like a robot. And he'll do it. I will deny all service of the rest of the (laughs) podcast. You're going to DDoS with puns? (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Well... Well, good luck, and um, I'll be I'll be looking forward to listening in, and I hope you all listen in too for episode. It will be episode ninety seven. Wow, We're very close to triple digits, people. Uh, more on that later. But uh, looking forward to listening myself and hearing Tim, Chad, and and Dan um, from the Domain Tools team next week. Bye bye. Uh, bye bye now. Bye bye. <laughs> That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.